You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. My father-in-law, who pastored the same church 57 years, his favorite writer was G. Campbell Morgan. G. Campbell Morgan was born in 1863, died in 1945. So there'd be some folks here that in your lifetime he was still alive. He was a great Bible, Bible preacher, pastored a great church in England. He came over with Ari Torrey for 14 years and worked in the Bible College, Biola College, as a professor. I love reading anything about G. Campbell Morgan. I read a statement about him this week because I'm preaching on one word tonight. It's a word that you have to have. You must have it. But when a preacher preaches, he generally is preaching to himself. And he preached many years ago, about 1900, and he said this, I am such a fearful man. And it was a great man of God, just a holy man of God. He said, I'm a man of such great fear that I'm preaching on this subject tonight. I'm a great man of faith, and that sounds arrogant until you hear the rest of it. I'm a great man of fear. You know, when God gives you a strength, you normally have a weakness that seems like accompanies it. I can have great faith. And it doesn't take much to derail that great faith. I'm battling it right now because I feel like I disappoint with just a a little story that I thought I could tell. It's no no big, please don't write me a note about it. I probably shouldn't have said that. I would never want to offend the pulpit. I'd never want to say anything nasty or suggestive or whatever. So I battled it. And and I, I hope you battle things. In fact, I know you do. Because God can give you great victories. I'm preaching on what he said. I'm pre- he said uh, over 100 years, I'm preaching to myself tonight. And the one word that, I don't know if his message was one word, but he said, I lack courage. And because I lack courage, I'm preaching to G. Campbell Morgan. I need courage today more than ever. I'm loving the ministry more than ever. But it seems like there's not a day where it's a major issue. Our government constantly, not with just COVID, everything is breathing down our neck. And by the way, preachers that are watching in Canada know what I'm talking about. It is out of control for that great country. We have a little, little, I, I won't, call him that name because I don't want to call a name. But he's a coward. I'll call him that name. He's a coward of a leader. And he is going against the church. He has gone against pastors, imprisoned pastors through COVID. They just wanted to have church. No free nation in the world ever imprisoned people for preaching. 
went through World War I, World War II, Spanish flu, where more died than in, in, in 1913, uh, 18, than died during COVID. And we're, we're shackling churches. We were outside all those many hundreds of days. And we've tried to obey government. Government statistics say in California, there are 9 million children in school, public school. The year before COVID, 600 children died from the flu. That's awful. Two years into COVID, 54 children have died with COVID in two years. That's a shame. That's a heartache. But this number is 600 for one year for flu, and this number is 54. That, it's a, I, I know we're going to get taken off the air one of these days because government is control of everything. But I'm telling you, friend, uh, we've been hoodwinked. I'm not saying it's not real. I'm not saying we've not all been affected in our families through this, but we've also been affected. affected. Not, now we don't even have the common flu anymore. No winter flu, no winter colds anymore. It's all this COVID and this Ackerman, or how I don't even know what the name, I don't even whatever it's called. And the next one, we get the shot, and we get the second shot, and we get the third shot, and we get the fourth shot, and stand on your square. And I'm all for measures of health and do what you want. I'm all for you. I'm not telling you not to get the shot. I'm not telling you to not wear the mask. I'm not telling you not to say, listen, the Bible, the Bible, if you're sick, you stay home. If you have leprosy, you don't go out and you don't get permission until the priest, the pastor comes by and says, okay, it's time. This government is seeking to bring, uh, to remove all courage from our hearts. I refuse to surrender courage. I do know, I do know the preachers that are here, we will, we will enjoy, if the Lord tarries, we will enjoy jails. I hope I'd be like Paul and Silas at midnight, sing praises to God. I hope I'll be a witness for God. I'll tell you what, and LBGQ, whatever the numbers are, they have more respect in this county and in California and in our nation than a Baptist preacher does. They have more rights. You want to go protest and, and occupy a city for over two years and take over Portland downtown and take it over? That has right, but truckers don't have rights. Hold on, it's going to get a lot better in the days to follow. We need the church. And in the church, we need people of courage. I'm not asking you to please, internet. I'm not asking you to revolt. I'm not asking you to arm anarchy. I'm not asking you to arm yourself. I'm not asking you to attack the White House. I'm not, no, no, no. But I am asking, let my people go. This nation needs God more than they need government. Undoubtedly, like usual, we're undoubtedly going to be monitored right now in America. We need, well, thank God for the hundred men that come out Saturday night for prayer and the men at the Spanish. We, we need the steps 
occupied out here every day with somebody kneeling and praying. Tomorrow's President's Day. If you're nearby, stop by, pray for five minutes, 10 minutes. We need, we need people on the grass of the public school and the Christian school over here praying. We, we need to get back and begin to beg God for one more revival and freedom in America. I'm not going to leave here with fear tonight. I'm going to leave on the winning side that we just sang. I, I look at the scripture tonight, Deuteronomy 31. Moses and his old man, he's getting ready to die and he's giving counsel to Joshua. And he says, verse number six, be strong and of good, what's the word? Courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of them. Verse seven, be strong and of good, what? He says it again, be of good, what? Courage. Notice what he says in verse number 23 of chapter number 31. He says, uh, and, and, and he gave Joshua the son of Nun a charge and said, be strong and of good, what did he say? Courage. Go to the next book then. So we have Joshua chapter one, Moses, now the servant of the Lord is dead. And it came to pass when he was dead, verse number two, that he said now, verse number six, be strong and of good courage. For unto this people thou shalt divide an inheritance in the land which I swear to the fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous. Verse 9, have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. The word courage is found ten times in the Bible. The word courageous is found five times. The word encourage is found five times. A total with courage and courageous and encourage 20 times in the Bible. We must be a people of courage. Shall I turn back into the world? No. There ought to be a conviction on this as I stand and I'm anchored and I'm not, I shall not be, I shall not be moved just like a tree that's planted by the water. Now you're gonna have to decide because these are the greatest days in all the world to live. This is the greatest time. That's a good place to say, man. The greatest time. Wouldn't you like to live in the 1800s? No, then we'd all be dead. I'm glad I'm alive right now. I'm glad I'm alive in 2022. I'm glad there can be young children around us and teenagers around us and college-age young people and young couples around us and single adults and middle-aged people and elderly. I'm glad. I'm so glad to be alive. And I'm glad to live in the greatest country in all the world called the United States of America. I'm not going to let a government or fear or whatever it might be take courage from me. And tonight I come to you on the subject of courage and how important it is that we are a courageous people. You know, um, there was a man that rose to power when they were so so despondent, his name was Churchill. You ought to read about that little short little fella. And he brought such courage. There was a man that came in, and, and by the way, he said, you joined the military, plan to get shot. He said, that's what you do if you're in the military, plan to get shot. He rallied those Brits. He rallied them to, to, to be conquerors and defeat that Axis powers. 
He rallied our country here too as well. And they rallied together. Ronald Reagan did that with Margaret Thatcher. They rallied the people when it was so despondent. And under Jimmy Carter, when interest rates went up to 24%, and we had to, on Monday morning, get in line with our buses and wait for gasoline for hours because the, the shortage of gasoline in America, and it was hopeless. And we had 44 people, 444 people in Iran that were that were uh, 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 were were, uh, were were arrested uh, in that country and 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 taken hostage. The day Mr. Reagan was elected, they let him go. Strength. Strength. We're surrendering to Russia. We're surrendering to China. We're surrendering to communism. We've got them up there in the capital in Washington, D.C., that stand up there, they're socialist, communist. But there's always been around, ladies and gentlemen. What's the answer for a corrupt government? A strong church, godly people, courageous people, soul-winning people. A preacher wrote to me yesterday, he texted me on Saturday, and he said, he texted me every Saturday, and he said, one of the greatest tragedies of the last two years is that soul winning has virtually stopped in the cities of America and people that we could have rescued will not open the doors. I will not let you in. I will not let you talk to them at the door. And hopefully now the masks are coming off, they said, and hopefully now we'll get back. But we have lost two years of souls. I was speaking to, this week to uh, recently, and I won't give a name, a public school teacher, and said this in high school, how, how sad it is to watch in tears in the eyes, how sad it is to watch our teenagers in the public school give themselves over to witchcraft and sodomy. There's an attack after our kids in this country. But Christ is the answer. I'm not going to cave in. I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to think it's hopeless. It's no good. Hey, listen, my parents were that generation. They just had to fight everything. They fought communism. They fought socialism. They fought the, uh, Hitler. They fought World War II. They fought the Dust Bowl. They fought uh, my grandfather, World War I. They, they fought the Great Depression. And every time they were courageous, I'm going to be a courageous preacher by the grace of God. I want to talk to you about courage tonight. And with that, I want you to go with me to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter number 9. And I want you to see there's another word that is courage, but it's not said as the word courageous. It's chapter number 9. And let me give you some examples of courage tonight. Courage is to be brave. Courage is to be bold. Courage is to be strong. Courage is to have confidence. And tonight I want to be brave. I want to be strong. Who are you preaching to, Jack? I'm preaching to myself tonight. I have to have courage. I have a wife. I have to have courage. I have three children and their mates. I have to have courage. We have 14 grandkids. I have to have courage. I pastor this church. I have to have courage. There's a young generation coming up, and they're going to need courage. They're going to need absolute courage. They cannot get, cave in. They cannot cower down. It's hopeless. It's never a hopeless as long as there's a God. And I want to believe them. I want to trust them. And the Bible says in Matthew chapter number 9, he uses this word courage in a different form. And behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy. He had muscle disease. 
lying on a bed and Jesus seen their faith, their faith. Did you hear that mother and dad? Not his faith, their faith. When they saw, did you hear that Sunday school teacher? Their faith, not the student's faith, your faith. Hey, did you hear that bus worker? Not the bus worker, bus rider faith, but your faith. The bus driver, the bus captain. When, when, hey, did you hear that pastor? When Jesus saw the pastors and their faith, he said to the sick of the palsy, son, here's this word courage, be of good cheer. That word literally is the word courage. Though you have palsy, Though your health is breaking, you're going to have to have good courage. Though you have a terminal illness, you have to have courage. Don't, don't say, well, it's over. Don't say it's hopeless. You have to have courage in the midst of all of it. You have to have courage when your health is broken. I want you to see there's a, there's a man here who is sick of palsy. There's a woman in this chapter. He says the same thing about having courage. In chapter number 9, verse 22, Jesus turned about him. When he saw her, he said, daughter, be of good comfort or be of good cheer or it's the word courage. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Here's a woman that had a disease for 12 years. And again, as the man whose palsy was a sick man, he had poor health. This woman had poor health. I'm wondering tonight, poor health, poor health, is that you? I, I, there's another one in chapter 14. And it's not health, but it was some disciples that got themselves really in a fearful position. And so all three, we're going to see, these men were on the water. The ship was, verse 24, in the midst and tossed with the waves. And in the fourth watch of the night, nine hours after sunset, Jesus went walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him, they were troubled, saying, it's a spirit. They cried out with fear. And straightway, they had fear, they had fear. Listen, everybody has fear. They had fear. They'd just been with Jesus, and now they have a fear. And straightway, or immediately, Jesus spake unto them, saying, be of good cheer. Be not afraid. Cheer doesn't mean, ha, 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 happy, happy, happy. Cheer is courage. So here's a palsy man. With your health broken, have courage. Here's a woman with an issue of blood, 12 years, have courage. Here are some disciples on the midst of the water, and all of a sudden they see, they thought this was a spirit or a ghost, and, and, and Jesus, and Peter say, answered, said, Lord, if it be thou bid me to come on the water, and he said, come. Here's some disciples that needed courage. We could say, here's some staff members that need courage. Here's some orchestra people that need courage. Here's some choir members that need courage. Here's some college students that need courage. Here's some teenagers that need courage. Here's some widows and widowers. Uh, you know, in life, some Sunday school teachers that need courage. These were good men who got afraid. This woman who was an issue of blood was a, a good lady, but she had to get to Jesus. She needed courage. Here was a man, palsy. Go to chapter number uh, of John, John chapter 16. If you'll turn there, at least rustle the pages. Let me know that you are there. That's what's bad about reading the Bible on an iPad. I don't know that you turn the pages. 16, 33. Now these things I've spoken to you that you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. Be of good courage. I have overcome the world. He said, disciples, 
you have uncertainty. Uh, disciples, back there, Matthew, you had fear. Now you have uncertainty. Everything around you is blown up. The, the governments, the Roman government, all, all, all that's around you. Uh, uh, the, the Sanhedrin, all of, the, all of it is blown up around you. But he said, I want you to understand, fellas, I'm, I'm getting ready to leave you. Well, don't leave us. I, I'm gonna, they didn't understand the cross. Boys, I'm getting ready to go. I'm going to leave you. You're going to have peace. You can have courage too, boys. Let me give you one more. Turn with me to Acts 23. Here's a great, great preacher by the name of Paul. And he's standing now giving his defense before the Sanhedrin. And he begins to say, men and brethren. He begins to talk to them about the heritage that he came from. Verse 11, that night following the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul. For thou hast testified me in Jerusalem, so thou must be bear witness at Rome. He said, I want you to know it looks hopeless right now, but it's not over. It's hopeless, but it's not over for you. I have still more work for you to do. Tonight, there's five examples of cheer or courage. A palsy man, it was out of control. There was no hope. A woman with an issue of blood for 12 years, there's no hope. The disciples out on the sea, and all of a sudden they see this figure walking, and it was a ghost or a spirit. They were afraid. And Jesus, don't you be of good. You know, we don't understand all that's going on. We can't see it. We don't even understand it. Is it a ghost? Is it a spirit? What, what is that? No, it was Jesus. And you don't have to be of fear. And, 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 and then we saw the disciples could not understand that he was going to leave them and, and we're, we're going to be alone and I don't understand all this. But, but fellas, you, can, you, don't, you can't comprehend what I'm doing. I'm going to go to the cross. He begins to give them more of that after chapter 6. I'm going to go to a cross and I'm, I'm going to go to a tomb and I'm going to rise from the dead. They couldn't comprehend it. Sometimes I can't comprehend what God's doing. But that ought not to cause me to lose courage. And then he came to the servant of God. And the servant of God knows the clock is ticking. That's why Paul writes in 2 Timothy, the time of my departure is at hand. I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I finished my course. Henceforth, there's later. But Peter knew that. He said, I'm, 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 I'm ready to leave. I'm ready to, he, he knew he was going to be uh, uh, crucified for the cause of Christ. He could see it coming. And sure enough, Paul, they came, and within a short time, they severed his head from his body. That little four-foot-ten man who had been preaching the Word of God, seeing miracles from God. I want to say what courage is not. Courage is not smiling during the adversity. I think sometimes we think, Okay, bring it on. Courage is never, I never see really where uh, we sing about uh, Christ in the vessel, we can smile at the storm. I tell you, when I'm in a storm, I have to fight fear. I have to fight that it's hopeless. I think all of us would be that way. But I'm going to either give way to hopelessness or courage. Courage. 
I've got a decision to make. So courage is not smiling. Courage, secondly, is not the absence of fear. I mentioned G. Campbell Morgan. He said, I'm a fearful soul. I'm ashamed of the fact, but I'm a fearful soul preaching tonight. And he was just transparent with his people. Uh, number three, courage is not smiling during adversity. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is not always a happy ending scenario. You ever hear the martyrs? 100 million martyrs. They thought it was 50 million until recent computers have figured out there probably were up to 100 million martyrs in Rome for the cause of Christ. That's why you have the catacombs and their bones are buried under Rome. You can go and see it. They died for Christ. It's not always a happy ending, but we sang about it tonight, Brother Martinez, there's a land that's fairer than day. We're, we're about on the other side. Pastor Cooper and I were walking across here, and I said, you know, there was a day, literally, I could call the mayor, and, and they would, I don't want to use the word jump, but they, they just thought this place was the best. I could call a government official. I, I could recall when I told you this before, when they, when they, they had probably had 14 stoplights now down Lafayette. They didn't have any of them. And the streets department came to me and said, where do you want the first stoplight? We could maybe put it at Clyde or Lori Avenue. I said, well, I live on Lori Avenue at that time, but Clyde, let's do Clyde. The first one was Clyde Avenue. You think they're going to call me and ask my opinion on anything? That day's gone. I, I mean, it, it was, it's just gone. So, what do we do? Just throw up our arms in disgust and say, it's over? Oh, no. Some of the greatest victories came out of the darkest moments. We were not always winning World War II. When we entered into World War II, we were losing, and we began to lose, too. That's why Normandy was such a great event, because it was so chaotic, they had to change it, because they had to be at a certain day when the moon was at its fullest, and it had to be a certain high tide, uh, tide so those amphibious vehicles could come on in. And, and then they, they had to have decoys, and they had decoys that, that they were dropping parachutes with dummies on them by the thousands, thinking they were going to, and, and, and they, the uh, Axis forces uh, uh, thought that the enemy was coming in and parachuting in, coming over here. And we went to Normandy, and they stood up there on those banks and just blasted our men, and thousands died during that first wave that day. Bodies were everywhere. The oceans turned to blood in that, on that beaches right there at Normandy. And we went to Omaha and one of those other, uh, all those different uh, beachheads, or I think five if I recall. And it was all a bloodbath and we were losing everything and Hitler was winning. Uh, by the way, Hitler, where'd you die? With a bullet hole that he put in his head. In a bunker when he got afraid. And his buddy died a few days later uh, not Stalin, but I forget the, 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 the other uh, great, the big leader. I, I want you to know that when World War II ended, read, 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 read what happened in this country. Read about the great churches. I mentioned this morning. They, they, they sprung up everywhere. People were coming to church. 
when I was still a boy right over here in Centerville and Fremont, when I was a boy, you didn't, you didn't go to the Flying A gas station on Sunday morning. You didn't go to the Shell station on, the, on, the, on Thornton Avenue and Cabrillo right there. It wasn't open. No gas stations were open. When I was a boy, they were shut down on Sunday. You didn't go to the PX, and that's no a military PX, but there used to be the PX grocery stores around here, not for military, just for civilians and everything. You didn't go to the PX, the grocery store on Sunday. They were closed. Montgomery Ward was the, excuse me, Sears was the first one that, that excuse me, Montgomery Ward was the first one to open on Sunday. They said, we're going to try it from one to five so people can still go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night. Montgomery Wards was like Sears, out of business, like, uh, like Kmart, out of business. But it was a big, big place, Montgomery Wards. And, and my dad was working there, and they said, Governor, you're going to have to work from 1 to 5. He said, I can't do it. I'm not going to work on Sunday. And he lost his job over it just because he wouldn't get the shot, just because he wouldn't work on Sunday. <laughs> and they moved over to Sears, and, and, and Sears said, we're going to try this thing. We're going to try this thing. He said, you can try it, but I'm not working on Sunday. I already left the company. I'm not working Sunday. That's why if you go back, you go on your computer and look at baseball games. When they started, began to play baseball games, eventually professional baseball games on Sunday, you watch how many, you don't tie in a baseball game, but they end in the ties because they had to start after the morning service and be done before an evening service in America. I think I could see that day again. Well, we can't with the internet. They control everything. Ah, uh, but there's someone greater than the internet. You ever hear of lightning? God may just say, I think I want to take this little part of the computer out. God can do anything. I close, I give you several points rapidly. We said what courage is not. Let me tell you what courage is. Courage is facing all trials and troubles that come your way and not running. Next Sunday, it's going to be 10 years ago. February the 27th, 2012. When a young boy by the name of Russell King came into Ohio High School and he gunned down three classmates this 17-year-old boy came around the corner and the coach was walking and he heard all the commotion, heard that was going on. They saw him as he was armed and Coach Hall saw him there and he did not cower down. He had graduated from Ohio High School 20 years before and now is teaching this public school as a young man with four boys and four children at home. And he saw that gunman and looked him in the eye. He had to have great fear knowing that this was going to be his death sentence. It wasn't. And the boy began to turn, and he chased that young man, and he chased him out of the school and apprehended that boy. That's what you call courage. Was he afraid? He had to be afraid. One time in my ministry, I can recall when a man got me down to the office at 10 o'clock, 10.30 at night, and he, oh, I finally opened the door. I had his dad's funeral that day, and he went and got high and got drunk, and he, he confused. He thought I killed his dad because of the American flag that was on our property. His dad's casting at him, and, and I opened the door, and he looked right at me, and he stuck a gun in my face. 
and as he stuck that gun in my face, I'm telling you something right there, I was full of fear. And he said, I have to kill you. I should have listened to my wife. My wife said, I don't feel good. You go down there. I said, I have to go down there. He's got some needs. And I went down there. He put that gun right, right, probably three feet from my face and I said, I'm going to kill you. And I recall that night, and you may call me coward for the way I did it, which I don't think. I walked back around and he kept following me. And I knew if I could get between there and there, I could go to another door. And I got to that other door, and I was so nervous, I was shaking to get the lock open. And I got the lock open, and I began to run, and I ran down the street. And he started racing after me. He said, I'm going to get you! And I hide in bushes down Clyde Avenue. I'm going to get you! I know you're around here! But the other way, I started running, and he started coming after me. And I remember going down, I think it was Baird, and I knocked on some doors. I said, I'm the pastor over here. Let me in. Somebody's got a gun on me. Nobody would let me in. I could recall my feet going faster and I tripped and I fell in the middle of the street and sprawled out and got back up. I want to tell you something. I had fear, but I was not going to have that by the grace of God. I was not going to die in that place with a bullet. I did something about it. Fear, yes. I don't know what you're facing, palsy man. What issue of blood? A fair, your leader's leaving you? I don't know at the prison cell and you're trying to defend your position. I don't know what you're facing, but we all face trials, but we don't run when there's trials. Courage says you stay. You face it. Courage means you're going to be lonely because people don't always agree with you. Your family may not agree with you. Your church may not agree with you. The government may not agree with you. And so when people quit and people betray you and you feel alone, you still live in courage. Number three, remember courage is always, and the adversity we're facing is always for our good. I think sometimes we take too much attack on Romans 8, 28. I claim it all the time. We know that all things work together for good. I don't know how God's working. I don't see any good. But I just say, I see that all things are working good. It says, I know that all things are working together for good. That's faith in God. Courage number four. Number four, I'm responsible for my courage. And the Bible says this in Psalm 27, 14. I claim this verse in college. Wait on the Lord. And again, I say, wait. And he shall strengthen thy heart. The Bible says, and be of good courage. I need to be of good courage while I wait on God. Number five, God is always in control. Lastly, I'll close, and our courage ought to be always for the, the, for, on behalf of others. First Chronicles 19, 13, we will behave ourselves valiantly for our people. Dad, quit telling your kids all your problems. Mother, quit telling your kids all your problems. Husband, quit telling your wife all your problems. Well, if you only knew. No, no, no. You, 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 you just walk with Jesus and practice courage. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.